Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. All right, welcome back to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where we give you just that, news, facts, no opinion, no conjecture. My friends like to say we're in the information business, not the indoctrination business. I hope that separates us from a lot of the other people in the media today. All right, we got a great show. We have a very, very special guest, Carter Page, the central figure in the Russia collusion investigation. is joining us for an interview, an exclusive interview. We're going to talk about his new lawsuit against the DNC and what it was like to be portrayed for almost three years as a Russian stooge, a traitor, the man who allegedly coordinated the election between Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump, only to be vindicated and found not to be a traitor, but to be a hero, someone who was helping the FBI and the CIA and was wrongly accused by Christopher Steele, the Democratic National Committee, and others uh, as being a spy for Russia, an influencer. What an interview that's going to be. Buckle your seatbelt. It's going to be great. And uh, hey, what a couple hours it's been uh, since the last time we talked. It's only been two days. We've had Teargate. Yes, Nancy Pelosi's tear heard around the world where she tore up the president's uh, State of the Union address which he's already facing an ethics complaint from a Republican member, Matt Gates, that she may have violated congressional standards with that quick rip of the paper. Uh, and Mitt Romney. Who would have thought a few years ago that Mitt Romney would be the darling of Democrats and the pariah of Republicans? But yes, yesterday he was the only senator to cross party lines. He voted to convict President Trump in the impeachment trial. Of course, the president was acquitted by a 52-48 margin on both accounts. And now the city is back to uh, its normal business <laughs> with a lot of bitterness uh, surrounding it. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, a few things when we get back from the commercial break. Uh, two developments yesterday that show that with impeachment over, the investigation of the investigators is picking up. But first, this commercial break. We'll be right back with you. Deborah's home was, I mean, scammers literally stole her home. The FBI calls title theft one of the fastest-growing white-collar crimes. And this story is why you need home title lock. Deborah says criminals found the title to our home online and filed fraudulent documents claiming they owned our home. Wait, it gets worse. Deborah goes on to say, I was evicted from my own home and 85 grand in equity, gone. Nobody believes you can get your home stolen this easily. 
This is why you need Home Title Lock, because no insurance or bank protects your home from title theft. First things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if your home's title has been tampered with. You need to protect the legal title to your home so you don't end up like Deborah. Go to HomeTitleLock.com now for 60 risk-free days of protection. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. All right, welcome back. And thank you for supporting all those who support our show. It's greatly appreciated. I don't want to take too much time because we want to get to our guest, Carter Page. But there were two developments yesterday as the impeachment trial came to its official end with an acquittal of President Trump that I want to take a few seconds to point out because I think they're important developments. And they're a reminder that the investigation of the investigators in Russia collusion in Ukraine is really just beginning, as all of the other Democratic attempts to thwart the president with the Russia investigation impeachment are coming to an end. Uh, The first is a letter sent yesterday by Senators Charles Grassley and Senators Ron Johnson. They are chairman of two very powerful committees in Congress, and they have asked the Secret Service to provide all records of travel that Hunter Biden did on official government airplanes, such as Air Force Two when Joe Biden was vice president, or Air Force One when President Obama was president. They want to know Was he flying on the government's airplanes while making himself rich in Ukraine, China, and elsewhere? Keep an eye on this one. This is going to be a big battle. It'll be interesting to see if the Secret Service is willing to give up this sort of information and whether there are any new revelations beyond the one that Peter Schweitzer already made that Hunter Biden joined his dad on Air Force Two for a trip in China in 2014 where he landed a big deal for his firm. Uh, I think these senators have a suspicion there may be more Air Biden stories to come. And it's also another sign that the Democratic impeachment strategy has had one real big victim, and that is Joe Biden, who finished fourth in Iowa and who now on a daily basis is facing questions about his son's conduct all around the world, particularly in Ukraine. But uh, it's pretty clear politically from the experts I talked to that Joe Biden was one of the losers of this impeachment trial He's not going to be able to shake these questions about Hunter Biden uh, during his vice presidency. And let's keep an eye on that. Now, the second big development occurred yesterday. The current FBI director, Chris Wray, was up on the Hill speaking to the House Judiciary Committee. And for the first time, he made clear uh, something really dramatic. Let's listen to it first, and then I'll explain its import. Here's Chris Wray yesterday before the House Judiciary Committee. I put in place training that didn't exist before, policies that didn't exist before, processes that didn't exist before, oversight that didn't exist before, uh, and where there are people who are still left, most of whom are effectively at the line level, or at least were at the time of the Inspector General report, they've been referred to our Office of Professional Responsibility, which is our disciplinary arm. All right, you just heard that from Chris Ray, right? He just said that all, every FBI agent who had something to do with Crossfire Hurricane, the investigation into Russia collusion, even if they were only mentioned once or twice in the investigation, uh, the Inspector General's report, they've been referred to OPR, the Office of Professional Responsibility, the disciplinary arm of the FBI. That is the first time that the FBI Director Chris Ray has made that revelation And he has said anyone found to have done something wrong in that OPR process will be disciplined. That's the first time we're seeing accountability for the investigators in this case. Now, uh, there was one agent 
He's referred to as FBI Agent One in the Inspector General's report back in December. That was widely blamed for the uh, problems with the FISA, the inaccuracies and the omitted information. I expect Agent One to be one of the primary focuses of this OPR investigation. He's the guy that interviewed Christopher Steele's primary source and found out the source was disowning much of what Chris Steele had put in his dossier. Uh, He also was somebody that interviewed Carter Page and some of the other agents. We think, and it's very important, we think he's going to be a primary figure in that OPR investigation. So let's keep an eye on that. Now, it begs a question, what about all the people who are gone from the FBI, the McCabe's, the Strokes, the Pages, the Priestaps, all the agents and supervisors who got out of the FBI before they could be subject to uh, further investigation or punishment? Chris Ray also addressed that. I want you to listen to what he said there. He's dropped a big hint again at this hearing yesterday in the House Judiciary Committee. Listen to this. The vast majority of the people involved in the conduct that you're describing are no longer with the FBI, so they're not subject to our disciplinary process in the first place. But there is, of course, as you know, the ongoing uh, John Durham investigation, which we've been cooperating with fully, as the Attorney General himself has said. So I look forward to hopefully having another hearing with you at some point where we can have a very different kind of exchange. All right. You heard it. Chris Ray said... All those who left the FBI that may have done something wrong in the Russia investigation, they're in the bullseye target right now of John Durham, the special prosecutor that Attorney General Will, William Barr, uh, Bill Barr has uh, appointed for this investigation. Let's keep an eye on that. Uh, he hinted that he knew something because he told the congressman who asked the question, I'd like to come back and have a conversation when Durham's done. We may learn something from that. So, yes, uh, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus, or yes, America, there may be accountability still for the FBI agents and supervisors who engaged in wrongdoing in the Russia collusion investigation that took our country by storm for more than two and a half years. All right. Speaking of that investigation and someone who got stormed unfairly, it turns out, Carter Page is up after the commercial break. You don't want to miss this interview. Imagine this Valentine's Day story is you. You're parked outside the restaurant where you're meeting your date in 10 minutes. Glancing in the mirror, you notice you got those wrinkles and large under-eye bags. You rummage through your bag thinking, where's my secret weapon? And there it is. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags in just minutes. It's the Valentine's gift you give yourself. Go to triplexiderm.com and enter voices, that's V-O-I-C-E-S, at triplexiderm.com for 50% off, plus an extra 10 bucks off. Again, enter Voices, V-O-I-C-E-S, at triplexiderm.com to get 50% off, plus an extra 10 bucks off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mention the code VOICES, V-O-I-C-E-S. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee, so get to my special discount. Enter Voices, V-O-I-C-E-S, at triplexiderm.com. Deborah's home was stolen. Now, I don't mean thieves stole stuff. I mean scammers literally stole her home. The FBI calls title theft one of the fastest-growing white-collar crimes. And this story is why you need home title lock. Deborah says criminals found the title to our home online and filed fraudulent documents claiming they owned our home. Wait, it gets worse. Deborah goes on to say... I was evicted from my own home and 85 grand in equity gone. Nobody believes you can get your home stolen this easily. 
This is why you need Home Title Lock, because no insurance or bank protects your home from title theft. First things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if your home's title has been tampered with. You need to protect the legal title to your home so you don't end up like Deborah. Go to HomeTitleLock.com now for 60 risk-free days of protection. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. All right, folks, welcome back to John Solomon Reports. And as promised, our special guest, Carter Page, joins us live from New York. Or actually, he's in Washington today. How lucky are we? So, uh, Carter, welcome to John Solomon Reports. It's good to have you here. Great to, great to be with you, John, and congratulations on all your uh, initial successes after so many uh, so many accomplishments throughout your career. It's great to see you uh, making great progress on these new ventures. So, so. Well, thank you. Yes, my mother can't believe I actually have a podcast now. <laughs> so, well, um, you've made some big news this past week. You filed a lawsuit against the Democratic National Committee and two of its lawyers at Perkins Coie. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what you hope to achieve and, and what that lawsuit ultimately helps to do to bring accountability to the things that happened to you. Well, it, it's really unfortunate, John, that we have had the last several years really driven by a completely false narrative. And unfortunately, the uh, the Democrat, Democratic National Committee and a number of their agents were working against uh the Trump campaign, but really targeting me uh, with their Russia uh, Russia hoax theory, going back to uh, the middle of 2016, and unfortunately, it's just created so much damage, not only for myself but so many other people. And uh, this is just a uh, an initial step in terms of getting some uh, accountability. Your, your lawsuit has some really great lines in it, and one of them is that you were portrayed as a traitor. You were portrayed as someone who was a Russian stooge who was trying to coordinate the election between Vladimir Putin and uh, Donald Trump, uh, certainly in the dossier that Christopher Steele created that the DNC funded. But in fact, during that entire time you were being accused of being that, you actually were an asset, someone who was assisting the CIA and the FBI in trying to counter Russian influence in the United States. Talk a little bit about what it was like to remain quiet and to know that the way you were being portrayed in the, in the public, in the dossier, by all those media organizations, by Adam Schiff, was a complete bogus portrait. Well, I, I think the really the worst part about it, John, obviously when your uh, reputation is so terribly damaged, you know, that has uh, that puts a lot of constraints on what you can do. But, you know, in parallel to that, I also had a uh, um, I also was getting constant death threats, you know, going for many, many for for basically a, a year, you know, as this. Uh, took over the media, right? I mean, they unfortunately, uh, the, the Democratic National Committee and their members have close ties with a number of news organizations, and they leverage that to uh, to impact um, so many lives. Number one, but but also the worst the worst part about it, you know, for anyone that uh, really respects and cares for U.S. institutions, is the uh, the election interference, this all, you know, the Democrats were pushing these false stories 
trying, you know, time and time again with a, a lot of media uh, outlets. So starting in uh, July of 2016, I got the first call from the Wall Street Journal, and then I would get calls from the Washington Post, New York Times, CNN, all asking me about these completely outrageous allegations, right? So finally, you know, the, uh, the, the Democratic National Committee and their, uh, and their consultants, they finally found someone in September of 2016 who w- what didn't uh, – you know, a, a news agency which didn't uh, didn't have any basic ethics or any basic level of integrity, and they went ahead and published this defamatory article on September 23, 2016. And oh, by the way, they also uh, leveraged it with one of the uh, a, a federal agency's um, beneficiary, the. Uh, Radio Free Europe, which republished the article. And, and as you know, in a defamation context, if, uh, if an article is republished, you know, it, it also, uh, it's also a, a violation of the law as well. And so this is, this is a federal, you know, federally funded news organization. Uh, when a lot of other news organizations wouldn't do it, you know, the U.S. government just, uh, you know, under the Obama administration just uh, helped helped push this forward and, you know, created so much damage for the Trump campaign. And then it, which continued into the, uh, the transition uh, in late 2016, early 2017, and uh, just persisted throughout the early months and years of the Trump administration. So it's, it's a real, I mean, it's a really tragic consequences. It, it really is remarkable. And, um, you know, just recently, the Justice Department went to the FISA court and said two of the four FISAs, the last two ones, the one signed by Andy McCabe and the one signed by Rod Rosenstein, were invalid, that there was no legal basis to extend the FISA surveillance, the monitoring of your phones and your emails and your activities based on the evidence that the FBI had at that time. But if you go back in the into the uh, IG report that Horowitz released in December, they also point out that even before the first FISA warrant, the first one in October, there was plenty of problems uh, with what was alleged. For instance, it reveals for the first time that in a conversation you had with an informant, who we know to be Mr. Halper, uh, in August, you made statements that you did not meet with the very Russians that you were being accused of meeting with. So exculpatory evidence was, was withheld from the court. And then by January, the FBI in early January, before it renewed even the second FISA, uh, they were told by Steele's own source, his primary source, that the allegations were mostly made up and that Steele in in some way uh, misreported what the source was allegedly telling him. When you look back, do you think at any point the FBI had a right to even look at, at you in the first two FISAs? And do you hope at some point the Justice Department withdraws those two earlier FISAs like they did the last two? John, we are at a we are at a, we are at a stage right now where it is just a complete detachment from reality. I have been giving true, detailed information to various elements within the Department of Justice and the FBI, going back many years. Not only since 2016, but I, as you correctly alluded to, as a U.S. intelligence community source going back, you know, over a decade before that, you know, I, I've been a long supporter of America, right? And so it, it's just it's just a half-truth uh, layered upon more lies and, 
uh, political propaganda from the Democrats and people that are just trying to damage uh, the Trump administration. So, you know, I, I mean, it's uh, there are a lot of elements to your question. I, I think um, definitely, you know, there's there are many things that need to be resolved, but, you know, it's one of those situations where it's just so much falsehood, so much, uh, so much deceitful behavior. And really adding on top of all that is the secrecy, right? They redact things and they don't, they give, they give the half truths and, you know, which prevents people from really understanding the full situation. So, I mean, it, you know, where, where do you even begin? I, I, I guess is, is the question. Well, there's one moment in the IG report that I think speaks volumes to the misconduct uh, that was committed against you. And that is the revelation that um, an attorney named Kleinsmith in the FBI falsified a document to hide from the court that you weren't a bad guy. You were actually helping the CIA. What's your reaction to the revelation that someone in the FBI went to the extent of doctoring a document to try to make you look like you were a bad guy when, in fact, you were an American patriot? John, it's funny you mention that because I, I actually, as you, as you correctly noted, I'm spending a couple of days down here in the uh, D.C. swamp. And, you know, I, I was talking to a, a, a member of Congress and, you know, his reaction to, you know, what you the uh, series of events that you just alluded to is, is, is really is my reaction. And, you know, he, what he said to me is, you know, I hope that they don't use this as just a, uh, you know, throw all the blame at this uh, one Kleinsmith guy and, uh, you know, ignore all the criminal activity by so many other actors in this terrible series of events, you know, basically throw him, throw Kleinsmith under the bus and, you know, just point the finger at him and, uh, and just let it all, let it all, uh, let it all go and not, not worry about it anymore. And, uh, I think, you know, it's a much broader negative series of events. And unfortunately, um, you know, as, you know, as, as we've been discussing this morning, uh, just more half truths, and lies piled upon one another. So, but, uh, you know, yes, it was a terrible series of events, but let's just take Kleinsmith for a minute, right? I was in contact with Kleinsmith in April of 2017. Really? My main concern with him, yes. And what was, what was the main thing I was pushing, I was telling him about? I was telling him about the death threats I was receiving based on these lies pushed by, uh, by the Democrats and their political allies in Washington, right? So when uh, when certain journalists would go on Rachel Maddow's show, and then you know within within minutes of it, I would get more death threats. Uh, you know, I asked them to look into that. So what did they do? What did they do? You know, that was early April 2017. That's right. Within within a week, within approximately one week, there is more leaks about the FISA warrant against me. That's when the, uh, the breaking news report in uh, April of 2017. Right. Three uh, months into the Trump the presidency. warrants against me. Yep. And then I, you know, then I get more death threats. So, you know, I, you know, I, I think there's just a multiple levels of deceit and uh, lack of accountability. You know, I, I mean, you have these tired platitudes like you had uh, with uh, the FBI director, Ray. And let me tell you something about Director Ray, too. I have been asking him 
to disclose and own up to some of the, uh, some of this, uh, misconduct. And I had a long series of, uh, correspondence with, uh, with him directly and his team last year, and they have done nothing. They have done nothing as far as I can tell. So, well, speaking of director Ray, he did testify yesterday before the house judiciary committee. And most of what he said was, I put a lot of process reforms in, but when he was pressed by a couple of very concerned Republicans, I think he had two nuggets of news yesterday. The first was, and I want to get your reaction to it, every remaining FBI employee who worked on uh, the uh, investigation known as Crossfire Hurricane, the Russia collusion investigation, has been referred to OPR for possible disciplinary action. Every single employee left in the FBI. What's your reaction to that? That's fine. You know, look, uh, this is more D.C. swamp, right? His law firm, his former law firm, uh, is is now the employer of uh, a Ms. Sally Yates, who signed one of the fraudulent FISA warrants. So, you know, I, again, I, I think it's just a matter of people covering up for, uh, you know, for their fellow comrades as, as part of the national security state. And just, you know, a total carelessness for anything regarding the safety and civil liberties of actual Americans, as opposed to, you know, big Washington and, you know, government heavy hitters that they're just, uh, they're just covering up for themselves about. You, you sound like someone that's pretty convinced that this went to the top of the FBI and the Justice Department. Do you have any doubts in your mind that the decision to spy on you, to uh, leak the information about you, that it went much higher than the rank and file FBI agents who worked on the case? Well, I, I think as has been disclosed, right, uh, there were, you know, look, there was a meeting and I, you know, Chairman Grassley and Chairman Graham have, uh, you know, followed up and they have correspondence about this from a couple of years ago, talking about a White House meeting, you know, in early January of 2017, uh, where they're, they're talking about these sort of related matters. And again, you know, everyone just kind of covers up for themselves and leaves people out to dry uh, who whose legs are threatened. And this, you know, so many families, so many uh, families of Trump supporters all the way up the chain. You know, you, you look at the damage that this has done to President Trump and his family. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm by no means alone. Right. This uh, with this fake story and, you know, all the damage that's been done both by the. Uh, the, uh, you know, permanent bureaucracy and the kind of revolving door, people going in and out of government between uh, high powered uh, law firms and the, uh, the federal bureaucracy. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just, uh, we're, again, where do you even begin? It's there's, you know, and you, you, John, uh, huge thanks, because I know you've been one of the very few reporters digging deep to try to uncover this uh, while so many, so many bad actors keep covering up for both for themselves directly, but also their comrades. Well, yeah, listen, the most important thing that needed to happen in the Russia collusion case was for the truth to get out because it didn't add up in the beginning. And uh, when I started reporting, when Sarah Carter and other people, uh, great reporters like that started reporting against the grain, the pushback was enormous. I remember an interview, uh, an interview I was in, I was pressing a senior Clinton official, former campaign official about, you know, when did they know about steel and were you, were you paying for him? This is before it was revealed that Clinton had paid for it. 
And he snapped at me and said, I can't believe you're going to waste your journalism career trying to defend that guy, Carter Page. You're going to be embarrassed. Well, I'm glad that my reporting defended Carter Page because the facts supported Carter Page and they did not support the dirty dossier or the dirty trick that the Clinton campaign pulled. But it, it was, a, as you've mentioned, you know, all of the, um, the redactions, all of the false statements, this was a big cover up for a long time. When did you feel like the tide turned for the first time? See, uh, let, let me let me uh, be so bold as to correct you, John, a little bit. You know, you 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 had uh, you have framed that in the past tense. You know, in terms of things that have been uncovered. I, again, I believe this is present tense and future in terms of all the things that still need to be uncovered and disclosed. And you know the the obvious uh, ramifications of that and follow up in the sense of, you know, people need to be held accountable. People need to show some responsibility for all the damage that's done, not only just to individuals, uh, myself, President Trump, his family, so many members of the Trump movement, but all, you know, really just our institutions in general and, you know, the future of this country. So it, it, um, Yes, you have done amazing work, and I know you continue to do amazing work, but there's, there's so much more that needs to be done, you know, until we, we finally get some level of account, accountability and some level of understanding. So, Well, it's a, it's a great point, and the accountability process has been so slow that you could barely see it moving. Uh, Chris Ray said uh, yesterday, however, uh, uh, when he was asked, what about all the people who left the FBI and escaped the OPR punishment process? And he said, there's a guy named John Durham, and I think he's doing a lot of things, and I can't wait to come back after he's done with your work, uh, his work, and talk about what he may have achieved in terms of accountability. Um, if the case starts with Smith, because that's the first person that was referred, um, in your mind, does it have to roll up chain to uh, people like Stroke and McCabe and Comey? Uh, and and uh, all the people you've mentioned, uh, do, do you think that John Durham has the ability to flip people and roll up the chain of uh, command in the FBI and the Justice Department? Well, I mean, time will tell, John. And I, I've always stayed out of trouble by not speculating about things I don't know. I do know of terrible crimes. I know, you know, the things that I have lived to, through and so many other Trump supporters uh, and, and really supporters of our country have lived through over recent years, you know, there, there's been no steps to, uh, to remedy that situation. Absolutely none whatsoever. So, you know, w- what happens in investigation X, Y, or Z, I, I guess we shall wait and see. But, you know, all I know is that uh, really terrible things happen are, you know, the integrity of a once respected court of the U.S. Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court has been absolutely demolished in, a, in addition to uh, demolishing many lives in the process. So, again, where do you even begin? Now, you have an intelligence background. You, you worked in the, the Navy and then, of course, you assisted the CIA, as has now been made public for the first time, and the FBI going back many years when you look at the FISA court, I know people think that, you know, it, it clearly plays an important role. We need these tools to fight terrorists. We need these tools to fight counterintelligence threats. What do you think happens to the FISA court? Would you like to see it reformed? Would you like to see it resolved? We're, we're at, with all of your intelligence experience, where is your current thinking on the, uh, the FISA court? 
It's it's a complete disaster, John. I mean, where where do you even begin? You literally, uh, it's just such a complete um, a complete uh, disconnect from basic principles of the U.S. Constitution, basic principles of law, basic principles of just decency and human respect. You know, when you have these literally criminals pumping money into this fake news process to influence a, uh, not only a, a court process, you know, an abusive process in that sense, you know, and, and cabals of people working together. And then you sort of, you add on top of that um, all of the, uh, all the bad actors and all the, all the bad acts they committed within the federal bureaucracy in conjunction with their criminal leaks to the media talking about, you know, what should have been uh, kept confidential or classified. I mean, again, it's, it's just such, you know, how do you reform that? It's, it's like looking at a, uh, a demolition derby and trying to figure out, you know, which uh, do you do you start with the taillight or the fender or what? In, in terms <laughs> that's of a good, that's a good illusion. Demolished car, you know. Yeah, no, it yeah. is, and a lot of people feel feel exactly the way you do, including a growing number of Republicans in the Senate and the House that long were defenders of the FISA court. You can really see how your personal tragedy here, all the things that happened to you, has affected the policymakers in Washington who've looked at the facts, uh, though not all of them have. Um, let me ask you a question because it goes to the heart of whether these accountability investigations of the investigators are really doing anything. Have you been contacted? Have you done any interviews with John Durham or the FBI agents working for him? No, I've always, I, I have always been, uh, I, I mean, I, I haven't been asked for anything. You know, I, I've tried to, uh, be as, uh, you know, share as much information as possible, um, but I, I, I've never been asked for, uh, for anything. The last, the last, uh, direct, um, you know, I have a lawsuit. I, I know you have had, you personally have dealt with various privacy act violations against you and, um, as well. And, you know, I have a, uh, a pending privacy act lawsuit in the DC district court, which I started on my own and we'll see. We'll see how it goes. You know, it's yeah, just, and that's uh, adi- that's in addition to the one against the Democratic National Committee and its law firms, correct? Yeah, that's a that, that uh, the defendant is the U.S. Department of Justice in that case. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But what does it say to you that the main victim, somebody who could really talk about the interactions, for instance, you talked to Kevin, uh, you talked to Mr. Kleinsmith, the, the the lawyer who's now accused of doctoring a document to try to sustain a false FISA against you. And you haven't been contacted by the prosecutors to even be interviewed. Does that concern you about how seriously this is being taken, or do you think it's just the fact that they haven't gotten to it yet? Again, I don't like to speculate on. Yeah, and I, I actually, uh, a lawyer uh, of mine was in direct. Uh, you know, had I believe phone calls with uh, Mr. Kleinsmith. I I just sent him various emails. You know, sort of explaining the. Uh, the terrible damages that I have, uh, I have been suffering, uh, particularly the death threats, right? You know, I mean, when, when you can't walk out on the street, that's sort of the level of totalitarian society that this is uh, denigrated to. So, you know, and, and that's what I asked for help with. Did I get help? No, I just got more criminal leaks within the, you know, later that same month. Thank you very much. 
<laughs> and then that man is the man that's changing a document to hide your CIA assistance. It's remarkable, isn't it? That, uh, that um, all that went on and the American public had no idea for three years. Really remarkable. Wow, what an interview so far. Listen, we're going to be back on Tuesday with more with Carter Page. You're going to want to hear about his assessment of the media and everything he experienced behind the scenes with the Justice Department and how he handled having his reputation uh, besmirched when he knew the truth, that he wasn't a traitor. He was an American hero helping the CIA. Tune back in on Tuesday to John Solomon Reports. We're going to have more with Carter Page then.